This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You're listening to Mirage on Bele on Power 98.7. All right, so the time is uh, 10, uh, 10.38. I'm just trying to read a message here. Sorry, please excuse me from Nondu. Just saying, Professor Mgomezulu can only... Okay, for only 10 minutes. I get it. So not in 10 minutes time. Okay, so let's not waste time then. Let us talk about the phenomenon, the enigma that is President Jacob Zuma. And I wonder if he's an enigma. Is he a puzzle that we're trying to solve? Or do we know what we need to know about the former president of the country, the former president of the ruling governing ANC? Um, This past weekend... Uh, The MK party, which he founded a few months ago, was on the campaign trail and addressing legions of supporters. They even visited a few churchmen and asked pastors to pray for the organization. And the pastor did pray. And he prayed that they would win a two-thirds majority um, for the country. What are the chances of that happening? Uh, One, because the MK party is still fairly new. Two, because even though it's got this uh, overarching figure of Jacob Zuma, um, as its founder member, um, is that something positive or negative for the MK party? It depends on re- whether you believe Jacob Zuma is some kind of uh, a political game changer or you think he's being persecuted. It, it, it depends on your viewpoint on this one. And then secondly, we're also told that the MK party is the biggest electoral and existential threat to the ANC is it really? So, Professor Begim Gomezulu, Director of CANRAD, the Centre, CANRAD uh, Centre at the Nelson Mandela University. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning to you, Mrs. And good morning to your listeners. Thank you. We also have Dr. Zamo Mbandwa, a political analyst. Good morning, Dr. Mbandwa. Good morning to you. Good morning to the listeners and Ubabum uh, Gomezulu. It's good uh, to be here. Ubabum uh, do you mind if we just throw a few questions at Professor Mgomezulu because he's going to leave us in a short while and then we'll stay with you for the remainder of the 20 minutes, if that's okay with you? No, that's okay. That's okay. Fine. That's fine. So, uh, Professor Mgomezulu, because you've got time constraints, maybe you can answer the question. Uh, the MK Party, is it the biggest existential threat to the ANC? Uh, my, my answer is an emphatic yes. Wow. Uh, I know that uh, people have been saying that if you look at the history of the ANC, there's been a number of uh, splinter parties, mm. starting with uh, the PAC in 1959, all the way to uh, General Olomeka, uh, to uh, uh, Julius Malema. And uh, people have been saying that uh, a trend has been set whereby there will be splinter parties from the ANC, but they will never cause an upset including, of course, COPE in 2009, uh, which was a temporal upset. And I'd already said it uh, when COPE was formed, that it was going to die a natural death, given the circumstances at the time. But now when it comes to Umkondo Isizwe, I I would say that uh, it poses a serious and a real threat uh, to the ANC for a number of reasons. One, it finds the ANC at its weakest uh, in terms of uh, the internal squabbles that we've seen happening. And then, of course, uh, the number of other issues that have very likely or nothing to do with the ANC per se, but then the ANC happens to be the governing part when these things happen. 
we're talking about issues like load shedding, we're talking about unemployment and a list of other things. Mm -hmm. These things are real and they're very little to do with the ANC, but the ANC is the governing party. So under those circumstances, if you then have a new political party uh, which promises to infuse new blood in the political system of the country, we are most likely to have a serious contender. Those are some of the factors. But then the character uh, of uh, former President Zuma is another big issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, People have had misconceptions that uh, uh, Zuma is somebody that you can just brush over and then go ahead. That is not necessarily true. People have also been uh, having this belief that uh, he only commands support in Wazulu Natal. Mm. For me, that is also not uh, correctly. I mean, correct. Uh, mm. Of course, you might say that uh, in terms of magnitude, he does have more support in Wazulu Natal than he has in other uh, provinces. Mm. But the reality of the matter is he does command support. So mm. given those factors, therefore, my answer to your question, Larato, will be to say, yes, indeed, uh, Umkondo is a positive threat not just to the ANC, but also to other political parties. Okay. This morning, in fact, I had a, a discussion with uh, um, the leader of uh, the IFP in Guazunatal, the chairperson of the yeah. uh, IFP in Guazunatal, who has been nominated as a presidential candidate, uh, Mr. Tamindul. Mm. And I was saying to him, uh, if he plans to win Guazunatal, his emphasis should be less on the ANC and be more on Mkondo Ephesus which is basically okay. posing a threat, not to the NC alone, but to other political parties too. What about, you know, you said the character of Mr. Zuma can't be dismissed. So I want to use that word character, because in as much as we understand that he has got a big personality, right, we also know he's a very controversial political figure. And if he finds the ANC at its weakest, because the economy is weak, because unemployment is high, because crime is high, many would argue he has played a hand at that. The collapse of the South African economy, well, collapse is not really true because we are growing at point. 7%. But the weakness of the South African economy has at its root the so-called nine wasted years over which he presided. No, the nine wasted years was a fallacy from day one. If you understand the history of the ANC, and interestingly, there is a a, a general article I published in one of the international journals on that issue, uh, dismissing uh, this notion of nine wasted years, Mm. both in the context of uh, our president, Sir Ramaphosa, and in the context of uh, the president of Zimbabwe, Emerson Mnangagwa, saying that uh, you cannot come up and say there were nine wasted years. The question is the same question we are asking. Where were you? And I was saying that uh, uh, the current president was the deputy president of the ANC, and was also the deputy president of the country. And he was also I just want to interject just, there, Professor. I don't want this to make this about, let me, let about Cyril Ramaphosa. I just want to know if, no, if, let if me just, let me Jacob just Zuma... Is let accused of mass corruption. Say, say, How do say, we not change the character? Say, say, let me just finish this point. I want to give you context. You we, will not understand Zoma if you don't just oppose what is happening now with what happened when Sir Ramaphosa took office. I'm saying the question you are asking is a relevant question, but it needs context. You are asking and you've a got ten minutes, question. and you've got ten minutes, and we need to just get there. So the character of Jacob Zuma, how does it impact? how people perceive the MK party. Could we focus on the issues at hand as he put down the phone? Dr. Mbandla, perhaps you can help us with this. Yes, yes. Um, well, this is a very interesting uh, discussion, Derato. I think 
based on what has transpired in 2017, where there was uh, a born of a new dawn, uh, people uh, assumptions that uh, the former president was a very corrupt individual. Mm-hmm. So his, na- his name and his leadership was characterized as a person who is the father of corruption, which mm. I think is not true because uh, he has never been found guilty for any corrupt uh, cases for, or charges. Uh, but because of what has transpired, the, the, the relationship between him and the Guptas actually uh, made people think that he's a very corrupt uh, person for the country. Okay. Yet there was no evidence that actually suggests that whatever that people perceived about him was true. Uh, and 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 this is why so many other people are actually saying that uh, MK is is an extension of corruption, which I think is not true, because uh, within MK there are credible people. Well, of course, in the country, the issue of corruption is at the center, regardless of who is leading in government. But it's something that collectively as South Africans we need to fight against. Okay, so what you are saying is that whatever perceptions people have of former President Jacob Zuma, whatever the narratives, it's not going to impact how supporters of the MK party and potential supporters of the MK party will gauge the values of this organization. Not at all, because, you know, if you are portraying yourself as a leader, uh, in this particular case, I'm referring to the NC. NC is the leader of the society. The NC portrays itself as a corrupt-free organization, and yet... There are so many issues that are happening in the society and in government whereby people have unanswered questions, such as the issues of uh, the PPE scandals, the mm-hmm. issues of the Palapala. There are so many other cases. Mm-hmm. So in that case, people have lost faith and confidence in the ruling political party in, in the fight against corruption. Okay. Hence, they are saying maybe um, it's better to actually find an alternative. Okay. And I think at this point, MK is seen as an alternative organization. And and what people think is that it's better to find somebody new, then they will crucify that particular individual in government on the basis of their actions in government. Hmm. Okay. So, and also the point that was made earlier by Professor Mgomezulu before he put the phone down on us was that a credible alternative would have to come from within the ranks of the ANC. Well, it's very difficult now to find a credible uh, candidate in the NC. Uh, you know why? Because uh, the NEC at this point is very f- uh, factional. Uh, I'm saying it's very factional because look at how the issue of the former president has been handled by the NEC. And look at how the issue of the former SG of the NC was handled by the NC. Look at how the issue of uh, the, the, the former president of the NC, Uclique, uh, Judas Malema, was handled in the NC. Mm. There was no, uh, there was no room for uh, for allowing him some space or all of them that I've mentioned, mm. and uh, and um, you know for the first time in the ANC, the ANC decided not to expel uh, the former president. Okay. And we're they- gonna we're gonna go into all of those in a moment. I'm just still trying to just understand whether we are dealing with this issue of is this an existential threat, and we need to understand why we think it's so. So this idea that anybody who wants to take on the ANC can only do it credibly if they come from within the ranks of the ANC. Is this what we're understanding? Yes. It's not yes, going I to be that. a party that Lerato Mbele yes. starts on the outside or yes, Zamombandra yes, starts. That yes. party that will one day decimate the ANC has to be born from within the roots yes. of the ANC. Yes, definitely. You're 100% correct because 
for the first time in the history of South Africa, you have a former president who was very influential in government, very influential in the political party and the society, who decided to say uh, he is not going to vote for the NC <laughs> or support the NC. Right. The first time, and that is why I think the NC is very confused in how they deal with this particular okay. issue. And so this explains then why the party is called Umkonto Wesizwe, because then you need to draw from the ranks of the ruling party. You yes. need to draw from the history of the ruling party. You yes. need to even yes. draw on the memorabilia, emblems, etc. of the yes. ANC. Yes, yes, definitely. Because uh, no one can stand up and say... Um, the former president is claiming to be a member of the MK because many members of the ANC at the moment, leaders in fact, they've stood out in public and said they were commanded by the former president, uh, the, uh, former president Jacob Zuma. They were with him in exile. He was actually giving instructions to them. He was seen as a senior member of the MK. They respected him during that time. So nobody can, can nullify the role that he has played in the okay. revolution of the country. And in the fight against the apartheid. But people are saying that actually his MK credentials are questionable. Uh, his his credentials as uh, head of ANC intelligence in the underground structures, that's well established. But MK, MK as a soldier, many people are questioning it. Um, why do you think that is? Uh, of course, people are entitled to their own uh, thinking capacity and own opinions and views. But I think it's very wrong for people to now at this point to question his capacity or his role in the MK uh, when he was uh, he was in the government and in the NC. Nobody questioned his credibility and his role that he had played uh, in, in the MK structure. So no. I think, uh, of course, it's simply because people are not comfortable about the decision that he has taken. No, but it's, it's, it, it does matter, that question, because if he's drawing a political movement based from a very important structure of the ANC, which is Umkonto Wesizwe, the military wing of the ANC, which we are told really and truly saw men and women sacrificing life and limb for the freedom of this country, then he is drawing from, you know, the heart of the organization. And so people are saying, nobody questions that he was a leader in the struggle, but they're questioning his MK credentials in that struggle and is he being opportunistic and gratuitous to start an organization using Umkonto Wesizwe when he himself never wore a beret or a camouflage uniform or lifted a gun for MK? Uh, Well, this is very questionable because um, as a member of the MK, as a commander, because Mm. I I know there are leaders of the ANC, Uh, who stood in public, uh, such as the minister of uh, police, who, st- who stood in public when he was in Kedat, and he said he was commanded by the former president as the MK commander. Yeah. So I wonder how can a person become a commander and not being able to carry a gun or wear a camouflage okay. of the MK. Okay. So for me, uh, whoever is, is asking that question or credentials is, is mm. mischievous. Okay. Okay. And then um, I think it's the Deputy Minister of uh, Defense. He said an interesting thing on social media the other day. He said, MK, um, whilst an important pillar of the struggle, is superseded by the NEC and the various political structures of the ANC. So MK can't emerge as its own political formation because the very essence of MK 
depends on the dictums of the ANC and its NEC. So in many ways, this is almost like a renegade force. Yeah. I, I think, of course, you will expect such sentiments from leaders of the ANC at a national or even at a provincial level. Mm. The, the reality of the matter is that MK has never been formed as a political party from the start. MK was a military wing of the ANC. And remember, the ANC was banned, uh, was banned in the country at some point. So as a result, they could... Uh, they, they, they should have. Um, they, they wanted to find an alternative route to penetrate uh, the apartheid regime in the country. Mm. So MK was then seen as as the as the army, army wing of the NC. Mm. But it doesn't really mean that uh, those who were members of the MK who were in the trenches were not politically aligned with the NC. Of course, they were NC members. But there's nothing wrong uh, to actually. Um, for people to to be part of the MK okay. uh, at that particular time. All right. So you said, you know, there are many uh, influential people who've joined MK. I'd like you to talk to us about that because when they have approached families of prominent um, MK luminaries, the Chris Hani family, Collins Chabani family through the foundation, they've all rejected this MK party outright. Yes, yes. Um, you know, what is currently happening now is very interesting. Uh, the ANC, the supporters of the ANC, members of the ANC, leaders of the ANC, they are many of them are in defense. Even the the, for, the the families of the former leaders of the MK. Uh, if you if you read if you read the statement of the ANC NEC, they said they will wait until the elections. Mm. So I think let's wait until the elections. Many people, even those who are leaders in the ANC are highly possible to jump ship when uh, the election oh, really? outcomes uh, when the election outcomes uh, come differently compared to what is expected by uh-huh. um, by the nc okay so you know um and this what i'm going to say is not fact it's just anecdotal right but yes. there is a view when mr zuma says i remain a member of the anc a disciplined member of the anc i do not believe in the current um administration of the ANC, shall we say that, for all manner of reasons. But I remain loyal to the ANC. And so people say that means if he does well in the elections, he would deliver those votes to the ANC so that they don't have to form a coalition. Do you think that's a credible theory? I think that theory uh, is, uh, of course, people are entitled to their opinions, but I think it's highly impossible for him because if really you still believe in the current leadership of the ANC, you are not going to, uh, to to become a member of the MK party. And also, the MK party was not formed by the former president. I think mm. uh, that's a narration that is being made in public, in various platforms. Mm, mm. But the MK party was, was actually registered in September last year. And the, uh, the former president only announced uh, in December 16, 2023, that he is no longer supporting the ANC, but he remained a member of the ANC, yeah. a loyal member of the ANC. So in other words, I don't think he will be supporting the ANC should the outcome favor the MK okay. or outcome of the election. So, so people must scrap that thought from their heads. Now the ANC has been really grappling with what to do with this issue. And so early in the year... 
um, around the January 8th statement, people were asking ANC leaders, what are you going to do about MK? And they tried to play it down as insignificant. Others said, well, we don't have to do anything because if he's already moved to another party, he's made the decision already. Um, Also last week, we heard some members of the uh, regional uh, body in KwaZulu-Natal saying, frankly, uh, he should be suspended. You know, uh, he should be expelled. But then finally, following the NEC meeting this weekend, a decision was taken. And the decision was to suspend him. And I find this interesting. And people are saying, well, suspension precedes. Suspension precedes expulsion because it needs all manner of disciplinary processes. And I'm saying, are they going to go at it systematically? Why not just expel him? He's he's already <laughs> said he's he's done. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it's very interesting because there are different opinions here. The former president said he remains a member of the NC in good standing and he is loyal to the NC. Mm. But he don't support the current NC that is led by the current president. On the other part, uh, we had NC leaders such as the chairperson of the NC was asked in a public platform about the, about the current, uh, the former president. And he said he already expelled himself. And uh, leaders in various uh, levels, such as the province of KwaZulu-Natal, also announced that uh, the decision that was taken by the former president equals to expulsion. So in other words, he's automatically expelled in the ANC. Mm. Yet the NEC uh, took a, a decision to suspend him uh, pending the disciplinary hearing. And they will attend to his matter, to this matter, after the election. So that's why I said earlier on, the NC is not certain about the outcome. In other words, the NC is not sure about the outcome of the elections, of the upcoming mm-hmm. elections. Mm-hmm. They are just playing very, they are playing their cards very well so that should the outcome not favor them, they will not have upset the, 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 the former president because they don't want to bend the bridges between okay. the NC and the former president. All right. So, so, so that terminology suspension, it matters. It matters, but not really, because uh, you know, you know, as much as he is being suspended, but it's very difficult now to to say he's suspended. Where else the constitution says something else? Mm. So they actually uh, changed what the constitution is saying about the behavior of members of the NC, and that's why earlier on I said they have not done the same with other members of the NC uh, who have mm. done, I think, some mm. actions which are. Mm. Not severe compared mm. to uh, what mm. the former president has done. Uh, at okay, the moment. so let's just say they revoked his membership because you know, as as I think it was the chair said, well, he walked away, right? That's all he said. He walked away, which is a cryptic message. So let's just say they revoked his membership right now. Said you walked away, so there's no point in discussing this. You're not here anymore. Would there be serious consequences for the ANC? I think that, I think that was the expectation, uh, and I think that was going to be. Um, the correct approach according to the constitution of the ANC, but because of the severe implications that could have caused, they decided not to do that. Mm. And they are, you know, what, what is interesting also is that ANC and EC understand the impact of the MK in the South African politics. Only leaders in other levels that do not uh, understand the impact that uh, the MK okay. will have. That's why they took this decision to suspend him and not to revoke his membership and not to expel him. Okay. So, Battleground, KZN, certainly where Mr. Zuma enjoys a lot of support. But as we heard earlier, it would be wrong to just see this as a regional party. What appeal would MK have across the nation?
I think I think the MK will have a, a, a impact in the entire country. Particularly, members of the NC are not happy about the current affairs of the NC, the manner in which the NC leaders behave themselves. Because we cannot shy away from the fact that some leaders are very arrogant, some leaders are not there for the people. And MK seems to be an alternative for such people who feel that uh, the leaders are no longer available for them. They are only available during elections where they are campaigning. They are, they are only asking for votes. And not only in Wazulu-Natal, okay. in, in all the other provinces. I think the, the ANC will be highly affected by the establishment of the MK in the upcoming elections. And uh, one of the issues they are taking to, I think they are taking on review or to court or whatever, is the use of Umkonto Wesizwe symbols. It's almost an issue of trademarking. So you've taken the name Umkonto Wesizwe, you've taken some members of Umkonto Wesizwe and military vets, and you're taking the emblems, which are intrinsically ANC emblems. Does that not con- create confusion for the voter? And does it not create a legal copyright uh, issue for the MK party? It does create a confusion, but we need to wait for the outcome of the court. But also the ANC, I think, is very mischievous because the party was established or was registered in September, only after December, where the ANC started to have issues. So it tells you that uh, at the moment, the ANC see a lot of damage that will be caused by the MK uh, in the upcoming elections. And I think uh, they need to find a way to work together with uh, those who are in charge. And Dr. Mbandra, my last question to you. For legal reasons, Mr. Zuma is said to be not eligible to be the leader of MK. He can be the face, he can be the spokesperson, he can be the proponent, he can endorse it, but he can't be the leader of MK. So if MK is expected to do well, win some seats provincially, maybe nationally, who's the leader of MK? You see, that's where the problem is. People or the society assume that uh, Mr. Zuma is the leader of the MK. He's not a leader of the MK party. He has never been appointed as a leader or elected as a leader. He's just an influential person who actually supports MK party. There is a leader of the MK party, and he, uh, he has made some various interviews in various mm. uh, media, uh, media platforms, Mr. Kumalo. Mm. Uh, well, I don't know him in politics, but he's the leader of the MK party, interim leader of the MK party. And Mr. Zuma is just a member, not a, not a leader of the party. Mm. So I don't think uh, he actually uh, raised uh, some ambitions to become the president again. So I don't know where that comes from, because I've never heard him wanting to be the mm. president. Okay. I hope we can revisit this conversation again. And thank you for staying the course because we want to know about MK. So if we're going to be talking about Ramaphosa when we're talking about MK, I don't think it's going to help us understand MK better. And I think you've done a great service for us, Dr. Zamon Bandra. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.